Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number seven. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Would you like to learn how to become more effective, more productive through your day-to-day business life? Well, you can by delegating, my friends, to a virtual assistant, and that's what we're here about each and every week to answer your questions. Well, I'll tell you what, today is a day where I'm going to be recording a show, not so much with your questions, but with a lot of answers to questions maybe you hadn't thought to ask yet. Now, of course, we've covered a lot of things so far. What is a virtual assistant? What about the security issues of having a virtual assistant? You know, is it right or wrong of me to expect somebody to work for a very low wage? You know, we've answered some of the philosophical questions of having a virtual assistant. What is it like for somebody who, let's say, is in a different country outside of the U.S., you know, making four, five, six bucks an hour? You know, are these people really, you know, happy or or, or are they working in sweatshops? You know, we've asked these questions here. Today, however, my friends, is going to be a topic that I very much love. And I want to be able to share with you some things that I, I think make using a virtual assistant very efficient and effective for me personally in my own business. And I think it will for many of you as well. And so today we're going to be talking about technology tools that you can use to collaborate with your virtual assistant. All right. So before we get into that, though, I do have a phone call that did come in. And this comes from my good friend and one of my clients, uh, Jay Carter. Jay, take it away. Hey, Cliff. Jay Carter here with Hyperfocused Coaching. I have really, really been enjoying these virtual assistant podcasts. Tons of great information. As you know, I'm an ADHD coach, and one of the major areas that people with ADHD have difficulty with is some of the life management issues, banking, making dental appointments, responding to communication in a timely manner, that sort of thing. In ADHD coaching, we have this concept of a a body double, someone to just kind of be there and help. And I think this is another area where the right VA with the right kind of training could come alongside a person and increase their personal productivity and their happiness in general by 75% or more. I could also see offering a VA as a workplace accommodation for people with ADHD or similar issues. And another part of the VA topic is the fact that people with disabilities of many kinds could work as a VA. I'm the chairman of the Disability Advisory Committee at my company of 80,000 people, I'm also the chairman of the board of the Minnesota Business Leadership Network. The Minnesota Business Leadership Network is a, it's a group of businesses and providers getting together to promote the awareness, training, recruiting, retaining, and accommodating people with disabilities. Ideally, people with disabilities would be out in the workplace assimilating into society, etc. But for some people, that might not match how they're wired, or they might have a disability that doesn't allow for that. And some of these folks could be awesome VAs. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Cliff, and keep up the great work. Take care. All right, Jay, thank you very much for providing that audio feedback for our show. And uh, by the way, for those of you who are listening, stand by at the end of the show today. I'm going to give you a phone number that I'm going to ask you to please give me a call with your questions and comments related to having a virtual assistant. 
So, Jay, you mentioned two things. Number one, uh, l- let me start off with the disability thing that you you ended your call with. I, I had never considered that. I never thought about that. But sure enough, you do have some folks with some disabilities out in the world today who, you know, if you weren't able to see their physical appearance, you'd really not even know that they have any disability at all. But there are certainly people out there today who have experienced either things that they've grown grown up with. They were born with these disabilities. Many people, unfortunately, have some events that happen in their lives that cause disabilities, car accidents, whatever the case may be. Um, th- but there, but there are several people out there. I'm certain who have disabilities who maybe aren't able to enter the workforce in the way that they were before, uh, out in public and stuff like that. It, it maybe get you know driving is an, an issue, and I, I, it, there are obviously tons, uh, endless opportunities are or and en- yeah, endless opportunities out there that are missed by people with um, disabilities. But there are still opportunities. For those who can still perhaps talk on the phone, maybe for those who don't, who can't talk on the phone, maybe that that's an opportunity for somebody who can still do data entry. There, there are a lot of things that can be done by people with disabilities, and I imagine that being a virtual assistant is certainly one of those. Now, here's the deal: I've seen a I've seen a photo of my virtual assistant Andrea. You know, but I've never seen her in person. Now, we're, we're working to rectify that. I think we're going to try to meet up uh, sometime in July, her family with my family, uh, because our, our relationship is, is that solid. We, we, I mean, she's like a part of the GSPN.TV family here, and uh, we're looking forward to getting to meet her. But, you know, if she if she rolls up and, and all of a sudden is in a wheelchair, that, I mean, I would be shocked. I, it's not something I ever thought of. You know, so Andrea, if you're listening to this, are you in a wheelchair? Um, but I doubt it. But then again, it, who knows, right? So it's it's never come up. It's never been a point of conversation. And 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 I wonder, you know, obviously as an employer, you're not supposed to discriminate and all this other stuff. But I'm wondering if you know uh, somebody with a disability that puts them into a wheelchair. And and maybe leaves them without the use of one of their arms. Uh, let's just say, and and you come into an interview. I imagine that employer, you know, is is you know the whole picture kind of in their mind sums up who this person is, and and that's a very unfortunate thing. And and you know we can talk about the fact that it's not politically correct. We could talk about all the other things. But but we can't deny the fact that people, you know, unfortunately are discriminated against based upon their appearance. I mean, that that's just a reality of life in so many instances. So so I can imagine where, you know, where being a virtual assistant, it, it it's some of these things are just non issues. You know, I, I have no idea if my assistant has two arms or one. I mean, I, I she could possibly have some kind of means of of typing through, you know, voice recognition and and maybe she has no arms. Now, Andrea is listening to this and she's probably laughing her butt off as well as anybody over there at Contemporary VA that knows Andrea really well. But, I, you know, I don't know. You know, I make these assumptions. All I know is that when I talk to Andrea on the phone, she sounds like any other normal individual that I would not mind my clients talking to. The other things I know about Andrea is that she can communicate extremely well through email. She can she can handle some wonderful administrative tasks and and she does she gets things done for me. I didn't when I did went through and interviewed her um it was more of a conversation. It it, it I didn't ask, you know, do you have any kind of 
physical disabilities that they need to be aware of or anything like that. I never thought to ask that kind of stuff. So I can imagine where, you know, if if somebody has a disability that may cause them to have some issues with people mentally getting over the fact that they are physically handicapped, but certainly not mentally handicapped, then then I can certainly see where becoming a virtual assistant and working with people who probably will never see you face to face that that they'll never even know and not even that you're trying to hide it. It's just that it just doesn't come up. So I love that idea. And uh, I, I don't know why I didn't think about that before, but uh, thanks for pointing that out there, Jay. The other thing you brought up was this this concept of, I think you called it a body double in the um, ADHD world. And, and Jay, I know that you do hyper-focused coaching and I'm going to ask you, have you done an episode of your podcast on body double? Because I, I, it sounded like, you know, uh, for people with ADHD that maybe just having somebody quote unquote present with you at a time uh, causes you to stay more focused on a task. And I wonder if that's the case for me because I don't think I've ever been diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, I, I think I'm just hyper and, and ultra focused myself. But, but at the same time, I do get distracted easily. And there are times when, you know, when it's time to sit down and do the bookkeeping work, which I don't do anymore because I have a virtual assistant that helps me do all that stuff now. But when I used to, I, I, I used to put it off all day long. It was one of my least favorite tasks. So it would never be the thing that I just say, hey, let's sit down and do this. For example, invoicing. This is something I still need to um, uh, farm out to my to my assistant because I'm still doing my own invoicing once a month. And, and I let it go off. I, I let it sit for day after day after day. But if I say, hey, Steph, can you come down? Steph being my wife, by the way, Stephanie. Um, if I ask her to come down to the studio and help me get the invoices out, uh, she's like, okay, I'm here. What do you need me to do? I said, I just need you to sit here and let me do this real quick. And, and that's all I need. I just need her presence because her presence holding me accountable to what I'm doing. If, you know, if I start doing something else, she can say, Hey, what are you doing? Is that a part of invoicing? And I'm like, "Uh, whatever. So I wonder if that's what you're talking about. Body doubling, but yes, people with ADHD having a virtual assistant, I can see is a major benefit. And this whole, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes back with the one where could a virtual assistant help a pastor? I think that was episode number three. We talked about this life management. It's not just about administration stuff, but it just life management in general. You can really benefit personally from having a virtual assistant. I, I think a lot of stay-at-home moms could really make good use of a virtual assistant. Now, I say that, and I got to watch it because, you know, I got to wait until we, you know, we're ready to fit that one into the budget. But I'm certainly thinking about those kind of things here. Uh, I'm working right now towards the place where we hire somebody to come in and help clean a couple of the different rooms of the house a couple times, you know, once or twice a week. You know, having somebody come in and, and do a full full rundown of the bathrooms, the kitchen floor, and, uh, you know, and dusting through the house. You know, that, that my friends, is a virtual assistant. Uh, although it's, it's not so virtual in that they will physically be here, but there's nothing in the terminology or phraseology of virtual assistants that means that they have to be long distance and not there face-to-face physically or whatever. Um, the whole idea of virtual is meaning that, you know, they kind of, it's kind of like they're uh, an employee, but they're not. They're, they're, they're a virtual whatever. So it's a virtual housekeeper, if you will. But also, I could see Stephanie, you know, benefiting from some of Andrea's services as well. And... Um, 
she certainly uh, has because you know there are many things that she was doing here in our business um, and and other things related to gspn.tv that Andrea has now taken off of her shoulder. So I'm certain that most stay-at-home moms uh, out there, they have many things that they do to help out beyond housework that a virtual assistant certainly could help with. So Jay, you bring up some very great points. Hey, I'll, I'll mention the number here real quick, 859-795-4067. Again, that phone number is 859-795-4067. Got a couple questions out there. Number one, are you a virtual assistant with a disability? Uh, I, we would love to hear about you, hear about your story. Give us a call and let us know. Um, if you are out there and um, you are looking for a virtual assistant and you have questions related to having a virtual assistant, please give us a call as well. Uh, that's what we're here for each and every week. The phone number again, 859-795-4067. All right, so now to what I wanted to share this week, my friends. I want to talk to you about some technology tools that you can use to be more effective in collaborating with your virtual assistant. And here's here's a, an important thing in my mind related to my relationship with my virtual assistant. I want you guys to understand that I don't necessarily think of my virtual assistant as a quote-unquote employee. I, I really do think of her as an assistant, somebody who comes alongside me and helps me do things. You know, so many times, you know, employee, and, and maybe this is my own warped definition of an employee, but sometimes in my mind, I get this uh, this idea the relationship between an employer and employee as slave master versus slave and and maybe maybe that's just a result of my work experience prior to having my own business but anyway um i i really look at my virtual assistant as my assistant somebody who is here to help assist me in my day-to-day life and to make my life easier and in many places my assistant can speak for me she can uh, she can act on my behalf. And and of course, the question you, you might have in hiring a virtual assistant is how can you do all of this stuff if, Cliff, you are in northern Kentucky and your virtual assistant, Andrea, is in Missouri? How do you accomplish that? Well, it's very simple, my friends, through technology. Now, here's what I think is important. I think it is important that your virtual assistant have a high-speed internet connection, as well should you. Uh, now, I will tell you this. My virtual assistant has a, a she has a, a high-speed internet connection, but it's not high, high-speed. She does live in a, in a more rural area, and she's using, I can't even remember the, the, the technology she's using. She's not even using HughesNet DirecTV. She's using some other kind of, I don't know, microwave technology to get internet service out to her. It's, it's good enough to do uh, some of the technology that we have, it's not the greatest to do like Skype calls and, and other things like that, you know, which is, is that, that is a minor drawback, um, that I, I face with my virtual assistant, but it's not a major one. And so basically what I do is, is, is I just, I, I see that as a limitation and, and I plan for and work around those limitations. But I think in the, in the, an ideal situation, if you can plan it out to where you have a very secure, well, obviously secure, but a very uh, reliable set of access to high-speed internet, 
either via DSL or cable modem. And the same thing true for your virtual assistant, then there's very little that you guys can't do to collaborate with one another through technology. The first tools that I'm going to talk about, of course, are the ones with Google. Because Google is is a company that I use for so many different things. Now, you guys have probably seen Gmail or Google Calendar. Uh, they are standalone services that you can certainly uh, participate in using on the web. You just go to gmail.com or go to calendar.google.com or it might be google.com slash calendar. I believe both will work. Uh, you know, and so the, these are the two services that I would say above and beyond all the other ones are the big ones. Um, another one, of course, is Google Docs. And and so that's uh, google.com slash docs or docs.google.com. Easy for me to say. Anyway, this Google Suite is a little confusing in a, in a way because there are the, the, the service that's out there and available to everybody at those main addresses. But there's also this, this service that's called Google Apps. All right. And you can find this, by the way, if you just type in google.com slash A. It stands for apps. All right. So google.com slash A. And Google Apps kind of is, is well, it's not kind of. It's, it's made for businesses. Now, they still, I believe they still have a free version version of Google Apps, but I'm not certain that it's very easy for you to find. Um, but, but anyway, they have this, it's, it's tooled for businesses and it kind of pulls everything together. You have a business version of, of Gmail and what this business version of Gmail and, and all this Google app stuff that it allows you to do that the main free service out there open to the world does not is it allows you to use your domain. So for example, let's just say, um, I have ravenscraft.org podcastanswerman.com and what's the other ones I have? GSPN.tv. Well, Ravenscraft.org was my original domain. And when I set up everything, because I'm Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC, I decided I was going to port that domain over. So I was able to go to Google uh, Apps and forward all of my email over to this Google version of Gmail, this Google Apps version of Gmail. And what it allows me to do is take my at ravenscraft.org mail and it actually, you it, it basically functions just as Gmail. Now you might say, well, gosh, Cliff, I can actually have my, I can pull my at whatever domain name email into my Gmail account. Yes, you can. But here's, here's what you can do. You can actually f- completely manage your email client or emails accounts through this for your business. So for example, when Stephanie, when, well, my wife, Stephanie, I wanted her to have an email address. Well, I go into my Google apps administrative administration panel and I add Stephanie as a user. And therefore, every time somebody sends a message to Stephanie at ravenscraft.org, she has her own login for uh, for our Google version of ravenscraft.org mail system. And when Andrea came on board, I just went in and I created her a user. Now, as an, as an administrator, I can go in and I can actually reset the passwords on any of those. I can log into any of those. So as an employer, you know, it, let's just say all of a sudden, you know, something happens with Andrea and I'm not able to get in contact with her. I don't know what's going on, but all of these all of these emails that, you know, people are saying, hey, I've been emailing with your assistant. She's not returning my emails. I can actually go in, reset the password, log into her account, and I can see everything that I've missed. 
Now, this is important because if I was just relying on her to use, you know, uh, an email address that forwarded out to um, to Gmail, I may or may not be able to log in. But as an employer, I'm able to go in and reset her password. Now, the thing is, is with Google Apps, I can do the same thing with her calendar. I can do the same thing with her Google Docs. So if Andrea is creating Google Docs, which are basically online versions of like a Microsoft Word, a word processing document or a spreadsheet, um, if she creates a bunch of documents for me and then again, all of a sudden I'm just no longer working with her and which I can't see happening. But anyway, if this were the case, I can always go in, reset the password. I have access to all of those documents that she had created all that time. So so this as an employer, um, you know, or a small business owner, this is what I want. I want to be able to have full control over all of this stuff out there where all of my business data resides. Okay. So, so again, this, and of course, using a virtual assistant, this is one of the things that was a major concern for me. I want to make sure that I'm maintaining control. I want to be consistently making sure that all of this stuff belongs to me and that it's not all scattered around the web. So I don't want my assistant out there creating a lot of Microsoft Word documents out on her own system and then just leaving them sit there. I'd rather have them, you know, kind of be in an account that I manage. And that's why I use, okay, so we use Gmail, you know, the Google Mail for my ravenscraft.org, but that's why we also use Google Docs. Now, here's the here's another benefit of using Google Docs. It started off with just word processing uh, that they bought from a company called, I believe it was Rightly. And, it, you know, it's not a full-featured word processor like Microsoft Word, but it sure does just about everything you're going to need it to do. And if you can get really creative and you can put your logos and stuff like that, I mean, I've I've got um, template invoices, template proposals and stuff like that. I've got It takes a little bit to build them uh, in Google Docs, but it can certainly be done. And once you have them, you just have them there. You just make a copy and, and then you're, you're ready to go off of that template. Uh, but the nice thing here is the collaboration factor. You know, I can actually have a document and um, I can start typing it up and I can say, Andrea, here's a link to this document. I'm sharing it with you. Will you please go in and proofread it? And she can go in and fix all the billion spelling errors and grammatical issues in my writing. It's really awesome. And of course, then she can just save it as a PDF document right there because that that functionality is built into Google Docs. And then she can send it off in an email to my client. So, so collaborating through through Google Docs is great. Also, majority of my business is ran through um, Google Spreadsheets. So I'm able to log and track a lot of different things using spreadsheets. And all of those are online. And here's the situation with spreadsheets as well as Google Documents. We can be in the spreadsheet at the same time. And so as I make, especially in spreadsheets, as I make changes and add information to a spreadsheet, my assistant can see it as it's happening. So as soon as I change a cell and in a spreadsheet and move on to another cell, if she's in the spreadsheet at the same time, she sees that change immediately. And uh, this, my friends, is really cool. I mean, it, it, it really does mean that we can collaborate, not just time shifted, but we can be in a document and collaborate on it together at the same time. The other cool thing about Google Docs these days is that you can now upload and manage any documents. 
any kind of files in Google, Google Docs. So it's basically like an, it, it's kind of like an online storage place. So you can actually upload audio recordings. You can upload, uh, you know, PDF documents. You can upload all these other stuff. Just about any kind of files. The only thing, limitation you have is your, your space limitation that's provided by Google. And of course, you can pay more money for more space. But it's really cool. I, I, I really like Google Docs because I can do word processing we can do spreadsheets and you can do there's you can do surveys using their forms feature. You can do all kinds of stuff with Google Docs. I, I really encourage you if you haven't checked it out, check it out. And I love the fact that it's so easy to collaborate with anybody out there, not just with other people who have an account on your system, but you can literally provide access to these documents to anybody with an email address. You just send them a you go in there and tell it to share it to somebody else's email and they can say they can come in and start collaborating with you or you can give them access to to read it but not change anything. So it, it, it's a great system. So Google Docs, Google Mail and my friends Google Calendar. Now, Google Calendar is something that I use probably just as much as email. Um, it is my number one calendar. And by golly, I went from calendar to calendar to calendar. I remember going back and forth between paper planner stuff, you know, the day timer, the Franklin Coveys and the day runners and back. Oh gosh. I remember doing hand. By the way, folks, if you're still doing that, I I'm sorry, I'll pray for you. Uh, but anyway, I, I, and of course digital, I remember using Microsoft outlook. I remember trying, you know, Oh my goodness. I, I remember trying the Mac, uh, I calendar, not a huge fan. Um, but Google Calendar for me is the calendar of choice. Now, if, again, I use the Google Apps version. And one of let me tell you, the one of the neat little things about Google Apps, and this absolutely has nothing to do with efficiency or productivity, but it has to do with branding. When you know the little Gmail logo or the Google Calendar logo on the Google services, well, in the Google Apps version of everything, you can actually upload your own logo into that place. And so it, 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 I, I think it does impress some of my clients when they see me log in to what appears to be Google services, but they see my branded logo as though this is my, like my own company version of all this stuff because, well, it is. So anyway, that, that's just a little aside there. But anyway, I use Google Calendar. Let me tell you why I use Google Calendar. Because it syncs with everything out there. I can actually go in and change. I can add a new appointment to my Google Calendar and I can pull out my iPhone and I can open up my Google Calendar and if I actually add the calendar event to the web and I look at my phone, boom, it shows up on my phone. Now I have an iPad, it does the same thing and if I if I were out in the field and I added a an appointment on my iPhone or my iPad, it immediately syncs back to the web. I mean, it's just real time syncing. It's perfect. I love it. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, you can have your Google Calendar opened up on any computer in the world, provided they have the right secure password and everything to get into your to your system. You can share your calendars with people who who you want to see your calendar. You can give them read only access or you can give anybody out there, I mean, anybody with an email address, the ability not only to read, but also to change your calendar. And of course, so one of the things that I'm slowly learning how to do is to delegate more and more 
to let go of a little bit more control. And would you guys believe I've been using a virtual assistant now for five and a half months. And for the very first time, I just this past week, I allowed Andrea to put a an appointment directly on my calendar. Now, this will show you folks how much of a control freak I am. I had up to this point been having Andrea help me set appointments but I would say, hey, take a look at my calendar and see what's available. And then once you actually confirm with them that they want a time, then do me a favor, please email me that and I'll put it on my calendar. She goes, you sure you don't want me to put that on the calendar for you? No, I trust me. I, my calendar, you don't understand. I, when it comes to control, that this is one thing I'm not willing to let go of. So I would not let her touch my calendar. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, and, and Andrea's probably ready to blush now. But the funny thing is, is last week I said, hey, Andrea, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm so busy this week. There's no way I'm even going to get time to put that on my calendar. Will you do me a favor? Will you go ahead and put that on my calendar? And by the way, here are some notes related to the calendar. And, and, and let me let me send let me read this email to you that I sent to her. All right. I sent this on uh, May 10th, which was six days ago. Here's what I wrote. Okay. Here's me letting go of more control. Will you go ahead and put this, uh, let's see here, will you go ahead and put this on my calendar? Here are some points to make related to uh, putting items onto my calendar. I only, let's see, I try to only make appointments with a, let's see, I try to make appointments with only a few, okay, let me try this again. I am having a hard time reading here. Anyway, I try to only make appointments with a few exceptions on Tuesdays and Wednesdays between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. When creating an appointment, please enter that person's name in the description of the meeting in the what field. In the where field, please mention if the call will be via telephone or Skype, and please include their phone number or Skype ID. In the description field, please add any additional notes that you can think of as to why I'm meeting this person. I prefer that all of my clients call me at the scheduled time. Please indicate that if they will be or please indicate if they will be calling me or if I have to call them in the description field as well. I I give them my phone number and then of course I provide the phone number that I give them. If they use Skype, I provide them this Skype ID address or user ID. When placing an appointment on my calendar, please include a fake appointment blocking out 30 minutes before any call and 30 minutes after any call. And these fake appointments should simply read buffer. All right. And she wrote back to me and said, yay for you, baby steps. I'm so proud. Uh, and of course, um, she put that she went immediately went and put the aforementioned appointment onto my calendar and um and the the funny thing is she it was an appointment that was supposed to be scheduled for Tuesday and she went in and put it at the right time on the following day she put it on Wednesday and i i sent her an instant message and i said wait a second you put that on Wednesday you're supposed to put that on Tuesday and she was oh my goodness you you should have you should have saw how i was like ah i can't believe i did that the first time you let me into your calendar and what do i do i mess it up and put it on the wrong day and she did. She made a mistake. But you know what? I, I check in on these things. I, I try to check up on these things. Now, is it possible for me to let go and to start letting Andrea uh, completely control my calendar? Well, that's eventually my goal. It really is. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day when I will get up in the morning, I'll pull up my iPad and I'll look at my calendar and say, hmm, okay, that's my day. Andrea, thank you for planning that out for me. Now, is it possible that she's going to start eventually putting things onto my calendar that I'm not going to double check on, that I didn't actually have any part of the planning of, of that appointment? Absolutely. Is it possible that she might accidentally mess up a day here or there? Yeah, it is possible. Do I think she's going to mess up all the time? No, I trust that she won't. Do I do I expect that occasionally there might be an error and an issue and and as a result I'm going to look, you know, kind of bad to my client and saying, "I don't understand why you're calling me. I've got you down for tomorrow." And it's like, "No, I talked with your assistant. Check, you know, here's the email I exchanged with her and I'm like, "Yeah, sure enough. Well, you know, I'm getting ready to go into another call that's scheduled right now. Can I uh, have my assistant touch base with you. I mean, is that possible? Yes, it is. It, yes, it is. Can I worry about every single what if in my business? No, I can't. Because you want to know something, folks? And, and for those of you out there who are using this as an excuse not to hire a virtual assistant, let me ask you this. In all of your time in running your own business, have you ever made a mistake like that yourself? Chances are, yes, you have. All right. And I want to tell you, you know, Andrea was she was probably shocked that I wasn't more upset than I was. I said, no big deal. You know, glad we caught it. Um, You know, but the reason why I wasn't so overly upset about the fact that the very first task that I let her put on my my calendar for me was a mistake is because, well, I've certainly made those mistakes before. I've had people on the phone call me up and say, hey, you know, I'm calling you uh, to to do that consulting call and I'm looking at my calendar and sure enough, it's, you know, it's, it's next week. And I'm like, Oh, I wasn't expecting you until next week. And they said, no, if you check the emails that we had back and forth, it's today. And I checked the email. Oh, sure enough. And, uh, I pretty much say, I'll tell you what, give me five minutes. I'll call you right back. And I apologize. And then I call back and I spend, you know, about five minutes apologizing and telling them what happened. But I said, you know, I'm all caught up to date. I'm ready to help you out. So I've done this myself, my friends. And let me tell you, I think that probably Andrea, now that she's made that mistake, I'm kind of glad that she did because now she needs to make a little bit more of a check, double check system. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I think is, is a growing experience between you and your virtual assistant is when they make, make mistakes, instead of getting upset and say, ah, this just won't work out, use these as opportunities to, to say, you know what, let's learn from this and, and, and what kind of system can we put into place so that this does not happen again. And in a future episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast, I hope to share with you on on items of how I train my virtual assistant and and ideas of how we can train. And I, and I'll just tell you right now, I gave a task to my virtual assistant on Friday and I learned a valuable lesson from that task. You know, I had in my mind and and I'll explain it to you real quickly here. Uh and and then uh, I'll kind of wrap up the the topic of uh online tools. I actually, you know what? I I'll, I'll tell you what. We're going to continue this. So this is part 1 of tech tools to help you collaborate with your VA. So so let me do this and then I'm going to tell you this story that I that happened to me with my virtual assistant because it's not all sunshine and and and, and blue skies, okay? And and I want to make sure you guys understand this. You know, working with a virtual assistant, working with somebody who doesn't think exactly what the way you do means that sometimes things get done differently or they don't get done the way you think they should get done. And I'm going to share those kind of experiences with you as well. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I, I want to tell you the story in just a minute, but here today 
I want you to go to google.com slash A. And in fact, I haven't done this in forever. So let me just see what it even looks like right now. Google.com slash A. And that brings you up. It says Google Apps for Business, the official website. More than 2 million businesses run Google Apps. Thousands more sign up every day. Reliable, secure, web-based office tools for any size business. See details and pricing. Uh, so there, there's all of that. And I'm not seeing the free version immediately jumping right out there. But if you click see details and pricing, they pretty much just show you the one option. Um, the $50, uh, $50 per year. Oh, it's $50 per user per year. All right. And uh, I will tell you this, though. They still have, they do still have the free version out there because I'm still on the free version. And I know that I saw somewhere out there the free version of how you can get that. So I'm just going to tell you to do a Google search for sign up of the free version of Google Apps and, and see if you can't do it. But anyway, so to the, and of course, if you don't want to use the free version of Google apps, you can use Google calendar at, you know, calendar, google.com slash calendar. You can do google.com slash docs and you can do gmail.com. All three of those, they do the same exact stuff. The only thing is, is that the business kind of keeps it all under one umbrella, one unified login. Uh, you can put your own custom business logo on there. You can, ma- and again, the big thing for me is that I can manage all of those user accounts. I can, you know, let's just say you have a virtual assistant out in a third world country and, and all of a sudden things go hor- horrifically wrong. Or let, let's just say you have a virtual assistant here in the States. Okay, let, let's not be, let's not be, uh, you know, biased or anything here. So you have a virtual assistant here in the States and you find out this was a lousy decision to hire this particular VA. And I want to make sure they have no more access to anything. Well, you can go in and change the passwords. You can go in and, and revoke all privileges of that person from your Google app. So I really do I really do like Google Apps, and that's google.com slash A. Alrighty, so Google Calendar, Google Mail, Google Docs. Those are the three that I'm talking about today. I have a ton more of this kind of stuff to share with you in future episodes. But before I do that, let me go ahead and wrap up and tell you this story of something that I did, and, and this will give you the reality check of having a virtual assistant. So I have this major event coming up Sunday, May 23rd. We are throwing this uh, GSPN.TV Lost Series finale party. And I want to preface this by telling you this event would not be taking place nearly at the level that it is right now if it weren't for my assistant, Andrea. She is awesome. And in spite of what I'm going to tell you about uh, a task that I gave her on Friday that I've that that just did not go the way that I had expected, I'm going to tell you that I am extremely pleased with my virtual assistant. Let me tell you a couple things that have happened. Uh, number one, she secured an entire restaurant of a, of a very nice hotel in our area reserved pr- exclusively for my event from 5 p.m. till 1.30 in the morning. Buffet dinner uh, arranged for everybody. Group discounts um, arranged and set up for everybody that's coming from out of town. We do have people coming from as far as Belgium, all over the United States. Uh, not only that, my my virtual assistant has had sent out a press release for me. Um, I am now I now have an AP story where I showed up on the front page of Yahoo's New, Yahoo News. I'm on businessweek.com. Uh, 
I'm on, you know, ctv.ca, uh, which is Canadian television, their main website. I was on the front page of there. I'm in literally, literally hundreds of newspapers all over the U.S. this week as a result of a story from the AP, which came as a result of my virtual assistant putting out a press release for me. She has contacted all the local news sources. I have an article going in the Cincinnati Inquirer or that went into the Cincinnati Inquirer yesterday about our event. I have the reporter from the Cincinnati Inquirer, which is, you know, I'm in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, but I have the reporter coming in this afternoon to spend an hour with me and he's going to write an entire story about my business and make a second mention of our party for next Sunday in next Sunday's uh, Cincinnati Inquirer. And I'm also in a bunch of local, uh, you know, those, um, I don't know if you have City Beats or Zip Scenes or any of these other uh, entertainment publications. I'm in most of those now. So all of this, arranged, and by the way, my, my assistant, she's working on getting me uh, into the local ABC affiliate here, WCPO, uh, the news station, to, to get me set up with them for an interview. Uh, and she's working on getting me onto the radio stations all this week. So a lot of, I mean, I'm telling you, what she has done for this event is out of this world, and there's no way I would have ever had the time to do any of this stuff. Uh, we would just be, you know, maybe hosting another 30 or 40 people in our living room once again. Uh, but but she has pulled off some amazing things. So I, I want to preface this by that. However, now that we have this story in the Associated Press, we're starting to get a lot of people out there who are interested in um, who are interested in doing uh, the party. They're, they want more details. So I'm getting a lot of people who are finding us via Facebook. And so one of the other things that I did is I created a Facebook event, which has this place where you can click in and say, hey, I'm coming to this or hey, I may be thinking about this. And for all of those people who are who said they're attending and and who might attend, provided they get more information, all of these people, I want to make sure that they all know that the event is $40 and that I need them to come over here and register at this RSVP page. So I asked Andrea if she would actually go in and sign into my Facebook account and and go in and respond to all of these people. Now, now the thing is, the first thing that happened, and this is totally not Andrea's fault at all, um, Facebook totally crapped out on us. I mean, it was a big, huge pain in the rear end because what happened is Facebook actually recognized that she was signing in from an IP address that is obviously in a much different geographical location than my own location here in Northern Kentucky. And that, you know, hey, Cliff, you were just signed into your Facebook account in Northern Kentucky. Well, you're signed in there now. You've been on there as early as this morning. And here, you know, just a few minutes later, you've got somebody in Missouri trying to type in you know, sign into your account. Obviously, you can't be in Northern Kentucky Kentucky, and be signing in from Missouri at the same time, which to that I will say, Facebook, yes, I can. I, I can use remote desktop. I can do all kinds of things. Um, so so you assume too much, my friend, uh, my friends over there at Facebook. The other problem that I run into is that she's saying, hey, you know, this is they're trying to protect your security, keep people from logging in. So they've got some security questions. They want they're showing me pictures of your friends and they're expecting me to identify these photos. So they're so basically they give me a photo. They have a little square about around the person who they want me to identify. And they give me a list of seven or eight of your friends to choose from. And they, they want me to tell me which one it is. 
So I'm like, okay, well, I get onto another technology tool that I'm going to tell you about later. And that was, uh, is go to meeting. And then, um, I actually see her screen and I say, well, I don't know who half of these people are. And the problem is, is that I have nearly, I have almost, uh, 2000 people that I'm friended with on Facebook most of which I've never seen face-to-face. And I usually just go through and anytime somebody requests to be a friend from listening to us on a podcast or whatever, I just hit accept. So I don't have, you know, 1,800 people's, you know, names and faces completely uh, memorized. And so out of the, you know, the the photos that they show, I probably got, you know, maybe one or three or four right. And it's obviously not good enough. So that fails miserably. So we try, you know, so we try another technology tool that I'll mention in the future, which is called Log Me In. Uh, and this time she suggested that. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I opened up Facebook. I logged in on my computer here in my studio and uh, then allowed her to, you know, log into that system. And she was able then to control my Facebook account from her system. Now, here's where I failed. And this is where the breakdown happened. Basically, what happened is she was going through and she was trying to contact each of these people individually. And really, the 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 directions that I gave Andrea, my virtual assistant, were very vague. And this, my friends, is where the this is where the moral of the story is. I said, Andrea, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take and make a list of all of these people who are, you know, who had said that they are definitely attending but have not RSVP'd. And I want you to also, and I want you to send them an, a personalized message from me from Facebook. I want you to uh, send them a message from me saying, hey, I saw that you're registered via this event page. And I want you to, um, and I want you to be able to, um, I, you know, say, hey, you know, this event is, you know, de- full details are over here. If you have any questions, please contact me. And I want it to appear to come from me. And to all the people who said maybe, I want you to send just a slightly modified message that that says, you know, hey, here's the information. Here's a link with all the information for all the details. If you have any questions, please let me know. We would really love you to sign up for this event. And so with all of that, I I, I just matter of fact, that's all I gave her. Well, she tried it and, you know, obviously her connection via log me in was a little bit slow and, and I think it took her about, I think she said it took several minutes for her to even get one message out. And, and what I should have done is I should have actually trained her in a different way, how I had in my mind that it would be done. So I actually, what I'd said is I said, I'll tell you what, don't worry about it, Andrea, I'll take care of it. And she felt really bad about it. And and then, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. I was like, man, it's like, this is not that difficult. So I, I should have been able to get this accomplished. But this is not Andrea's fault. I, I want to tell you that right now. This was the, the, the fact that this weekend, my virtual assistant was not able to accomplish the task of, of doing what I had in my mind. I want to tell you that is completely on me. It is not my virtual assistant. And this is why. Because actually later that afternoon, I came down and I did in 15 minutes what I was expecting her to do. And 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 the reason why is because I know in my mind exactly how to do it in a way that makes sense. Uh, and for it to be only 15 minutes. If you're using Firefox, which I do know that she has. So this is what I should have done. I should have got onto onto uh, or onto go to meeting. I should have shared my screen and I said, I should have said, let me show you how to do this. And, and friends, this is where it's going to get a little hairy here with the virtual assistant thing. Okay. 
and 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 this is this is something to think about. I could have fired up GoToMeeting. I could have shared my screen with her and I could have said, "Okay, Andrea, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to log into my Facebook account and I'm going to click on the name of all the people who are attending." And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold down. Now I use a Mac, so I'm going to hold down my command key. But since you use a uh, Windows system, you're going to hold down your control key. And then what you're going to do, and I've got a phone call coming in. Let me see. Is that? Uh, let's see. Um, I, sh- I No. Okay. Never mind. That is uh, somebody calling. It's one of those uh, political things. Pardon, pardon me, guys. Sorry about that. <clears throat> And, and the reason I know that is Google Voice, which is another technology tool that I'll tell in the, in the future. The fact that my cell phone was not ringing at the same time as my my uh, studio line tells me for certain that uh, that was a political call telling me to go and vote tomorrow for them. But anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me. What was I saying? Uh, OK, so so here's what. Oh, OK, so basically I would have said, OK, here's the deal. Here's the list. OK, and it's scrollable. So what I want to do is I'm actually going to hold the, for you, you would hold the control button down and you're going to click on each person's name. Just click on each and every person's name. Now, every time you click on somebody's name while holding the control key down, it opens a new tab in Firefox with that person's profile. And so you now all of a sudden you're, you're going to stay on the, you're going to stay on the tab or the website that you're on now. But when you click control and click on each person's name, it's going to open up their profiles all in a separate window. And so you do that on all the people who say they're attending. Now what you do is you go to each of those tabs and the people who are, who are listed as attending and who are already RSVP'd, you just close those tabs. And then you go, now you have a list of, ta- you have a whole list of tabs, probably about nine, pe- nine tabs open of people who said they are definitely coming to the party, but n- are not RSVP'd and not paid for. So all you do is you go to the first tab, you click, you, you know, you've got their profile, you click, um, send a message and, you know, send this person a message and pulls it up. And then you just paste the message in, you type in their name, comma, and then you paste the message. And in the subject line, you put in lost party, you hit send. Close that tab and you're to the next person's profile. You click send message, type in the uh, subject, type in the first name, comma, uh, carriage return and and paste the message in. And you do that until you're done with all of those open tabs. Then you go back to the RSVP or you go back to the event page on Facebook and you click on the list of maybes and you do the same thing. You hold the control button down and click on every single one of those. It'll open up tons of tabs. Well, there were 29 people on that list. It opened up 29 tabs. And so what I did is I actually went in and um, I actually uh, went into each one of those people's profiles and did the same thing, sent a, a slightly different message. It took me all of about 15 minutes to accomplish it. And had I actually talked to her and showed her how I expected it to be done, I guarantee you she would have been able to accomplish the task. But the thing is, is I didn't give her the parameters of how to go about accomplishing the task. I just gave her the 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 task of going out and accomplishing it. Now, obviously, there are a number of ways that you could accomplish this task. And one of those ways probably could take you 5, 10, or 15 minutes per person that you want to contact. Uh, but there was certainly a way in my mind that, hey, you know what? In my mind, this is a task that shouldn't take any more than 15, 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, I see no problem with this. 
But the thing is, that's with my understanding of how to open, you know, how to do these things. And I do this kind of stuff all the time. I'm always out there doing social media and new media kind of marketing campaigns and and stuff like that. So I, I, I use this little open everybody's profile on a tab that's in a list all the time so that I can make sure that I don't miss anybody. But I didn't I did not communicate that to Andrea. And so it ended up being that I ended up doing the thing myself, which is not that big of a deal. Uh, at all. Um, it's just that is something that I just thought, you know, I, I don't need to, is one less thing I would need to worry about. Now, here's the situation. That is a scenario where, you know, for me to train her how to do that would have taken just as long as it would take for me to do it myself with one exception. All right. With one exception. Number one, she could have formulated the pre-written emails. All right. So I could have let her do the pre-written emails. And of course, I could have done just the one or two or three. And then she would have been able to finish the other, you know, seven on the yes, I'm attending list and the other 29. So technically speaking, but but if you consider the fact that when I did it myself, I didn't have to teach somebody how to do it, then yes, I was able to do it in the same amount of time as it would have take, taken me to teach her and then also have her do the rest by herself. So for those of you who are saying, well, gosh, Cliff, does it really pay to delegate? The answer to the question is, my friends, yes, it does. Because here's the situation. If I would have trained her how to do this, she would have now had that skill of pulling up a list of people that Facebook shows and hitting control, click, 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 click. And then all of a sudden she would have the skill to know that that's going to build out an entire list of every single one of those individual people's profiles and in individual tabs and then the ability to go in and do certain things such as she can go in and paste a little status update or, you know, on their wall for me on my behalf or all kinds of other things. So this is something that eventually I'm going to train her how to do anyway. And of course, I happen to know that Andrea is probably going to listen to this and she's probably like, oh, that makes sense. And she probably now knows how to do that. But my friends, understand this. When we delegate tasks to our virtual assistants, if we know of a way that is efficient and fast and that it makes you ultra productive well beyond you know, the other opportunities and other ways that could be done, then my friends, instead of just giving the task, also instruct on how you want the task done. Uh, and you might need to do a little training the first time out, maybe even a, a first and second time. But eventually they'll understand how to do things the way that you do them. And so therefore you can get them done with the same timeliness, the same effectiveness, and and it's all well. So this necessarily, this story about how, you know, I gave my VA a task and it didn't get done and I ended up having to do it myself. This is ne- this is not necessarily anything to do with Andrea at all. Uh, the chips were against us when Facebook wouldn't let her, att- you know, sign in on her own computer. But uh, in the same way, I'm actually kind of glad that it worked out that way because, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I did know of a way that you could do the, all of this in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, that obviously I don't think that she was thinking of and it could have taken her a lot longer to do it than it would have taken me and uh, stuff like that. So anyway, with all of that said, my friends, I want you to know having a virtual assistant definitely worth every single penny I pay. And you know what? There are some times I will tell you this 
that having Andrea do something that takes her two hours to do, maybe, yeah, two hours to do. Okay, that would cost me approximately, I don't know, is that $28, $38? I don't know. 38 bucks, I think. So having her do something that would take, you know, cost 38 bucks for her to do for me, and it would only take me 15 minutes on my own, I still think that's a good bargain. Anyway, and not everything is that way. Usually she does things in so much more efficient ways than I could even dream imaginable. Folks, give me a call with your comments, questions for the Virtual Assistant Podcast at 859-795-4067. Again, the phone number 859-795-4067. I'll be back again next week with more tech tools for delegating and collaborating with your virtual assistant.